What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. For those of you that continue to like and share these online digital services with your friends and family, thank you so much for doing that. We have people tuning in from all over the place. Continue to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to give online and meeting our $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. You're allowing us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. Thank you so very much for worshiping with us and loving our community with us through generosity. Also, for those of you that don't know, our live in-person services are back open, 9.30 and 11.15. We would love to hang out with you, so come and see us live and in person each Sunday at 9.30 or 11.15. Today, we continue with our current series entitled The Elephant Room. And in this series, this is what we're doing. We're taking subjects that most people, and especially most churches, normally don't talk about, and in this series, we're going to talk about it because it, whatever it is, the elephant in the room, it can create tension, it can create heartache, but sometimes it can force us to see things a little bit differently and it is the elephant in the room, but most of the time we avoid it because of these reasons. And so in this series, this is what we're going to do. We're going to try to stop avoiding it. Now, this is the first month of the new year of 2023, so we're going to start off like this, like I've told you over the past couple of weeks. We're going to talk about something uncomfortable, but like we always do, we're going to turn it around into something encouraging because because God is love, today we move on with part three. Now today's going to be a little bit different because today we're going to talk about a subject that I have a lot of experience with, a lot of experience for a long time. And I have to be honest with you, this specific subject, this elephant in the room has been on my heart for a long, long time and for years in fact. And the reason this subject has been on my mind for years and on my heart for years, and the reason I have studied this subject for years, for a long, long time, is because when we don't get this right, I have absolutely seen the damage that this subject can do in the hearts and in the lives of people if we don't understand this and if we don't get it right. And also, if we don't get this right, I have seen this very thing, this one thing, push so many people away from a real loving relationship with God. And because of this, many people never turn back to God and they never return back to his love. But we have to talk about this because if we truly love being a symbol of God's love and if we truly love being an ambassador of God's love and if we really want to love God and to love people and if we're really concerned about people like we're supposed to be, then we have to get this right. And let me tell you something else. <clears throat> the subject that we're gonna talk about today we're never going to be perfect at this because this is very, very complex. This can be very, very complicated. But we have to try to get this right if we want to experience God's love fully. If you want to experience God's love fully, you got to get this right. And if you want to help other people experience God's love fully, we have to get this right. Like it or not, people will form their opinions about Jesus because of us. And so if you're concerned about the reputation that your life gives God, then we have to talk about this and we have to get this right. Now, this is what makes this issue so uncomfortable to talk about, especially in the church, because this one issue has divided people of faith, and it has done something else among God's people. It's created two different sides, or like 
two different teams or let's say two different camps. But the problem is this, and remember this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Notice this. Both sides feel like they're protecting and defending the image and the reputation of God. But I also believe this. There's this one thing. And if you and I could focus on getting this one thing right, this one specific thing, it would change the way that you experience God and it would change the way that you and I helped other people experience God if we would get this one thing right. You know what's interesting? The religious leaders, the very, very religious in the days of Jesus, they also accused Jesus of giving God a bad reputation. We start today in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 2. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. These people that the verses were talking about, tax collectors and other notorious sinners, were not allowed to worship with their other fellow Jews in the synagogues. They were kicked out of the religious spaces and kicked out of religion because they were not holy enough. And so Jesus shows up as a religious teacher, as a rabbi. But he absolutely sticks out like a pickle in a punch bowl back in these days. And those people who are not holy enough or religious enough, those people that were kicked out of the synagogues, those people that were kicked out of the churches by the other religious people, Jesus goes to their house to eat dinner with them, to love on them, to hang out with them. Now, here's the word that we need to understand. It's the word legalism. And this is what it means. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Legalism teaches a strict obedience to a formula or a set of rules. Don't do this, do that. You shouldn't do this, you should do that. Do's and don'ts, rules and, regula and regulations. Do this, do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Legalism takes a personal faith between you and God and turns it into a set of strict, strict religious rules. And if you break one rule too many times, or if you break a few, a few rules too many times, then legalism is going to make you feel like you're not good enough for God, and you may never, ever be good enough for God. That's what legalism does. And so these religious leaders were mad at Jesus because they were practicing legalism, but Jesus was practicing love. Now, I actually find this truth that we see in the scripture very, very inspiring and very, very encouraging. And this is what it is. And notice this today because this can also turn a light bulb off for you. So if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. The people that love Jesus the most were the people who were the most unlike Jesus in their life. And the people who hated Jesus the most were the people who lived more like Jesus than anyone else. And that was because of this one issue. Legalism versus love. Or legalism was teaching strict, strict religious rule keeping. But Jesus was teaching this, and notice this today, discovering God's love through a real and personal faith relationship with Jesus. It was rule keeping versus a relationship of love. Let me say that again. It was rule keeping versus a relationship of love. We move on, Luke chapter 5, verses 30 through 31. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Rules. Versus a relationship. 
The reason why the religious people got mad is because they were living by rules. But Jesus was loving on everyone because he was trying to show them what a relationship with God, a loving God, looked like. Matthew 11, verses 18 through 19. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say that he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Rules versus a relationship. Legalism teaches rules. Love teaches a relationship. And then when Jesus says wisdom is shown by its results, what did he mean by that? Well, this is what he meant. And notice this today. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Legalism doesn't change your life. It just produces fear and guilt. What really changes your life is love. And you can always tell what's wiser by its results. You can always tell what's the wisest thing by the results that it produces. And have you ever had someone tell you that with God, they feel like they're past the point of no return? People feel like that all the time. And it's because of this one issue. It's because they've tried to give in to legalism. But the results of legalism, strict obedience to rules, just produced more guilt and more fear. And so in return, that pushed them away from God. And it made them feel like they were past the point of no return. But you take someone who understands that this is not about religion. And it's not about do's and don'ts. And it's not about rules. But it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ through love and forgiveness and they realize that they're loved and they realize that they're forgiven and that makes them grateful and that produces a changed heart wisdom you can recognize it by its results legalism never changes lives but love always does I have certainly had many people tell me that they feel like they're past the point of no return I remember several years ago a young man that I played basketball against in high school and he was always moving high schools because he was always in trouble. But he lived a troubled life and he was always in trouble, man. He was always in trouble with people at school. When he graduated, he was always in trouble with the law, always losing jobs. He just lived a troubled, troubled life. One day, this pastor that I knew from another town that was not too far from where I lived, he calls me and he tells me that he's hanging out with this young man. This young man's name was Richard. And they wanted to come talk to me because Richard wanted to change his life. And he remembered me from high school and he remembered our friendship and he saw how my life changed. And so he thought he needed to talk to me. And so they show up on this day and they start to talk to me about his life and about God and about his life changing. And he told me that he felt like God didn't love him and that he had messed up way too much and that he was way past the point of no return. That he had messed up so much that God just could not accept him. I met with him a few times trying to tell him that God loved him. We tried to help him. He would try to change his life. But then he never could fully accept that God loved him. He would try to change it with rules and church and all that kind of stuff. But it never really would stick. And then eventually he passed away. He overdosed and he died. And I got invited to speak at his funeral. That other pastor was there. And I remember after the funeral was over, that other pastor leaned over, and this is what he said to me. He said, poor Richard, we tried and tried and tried to get him in church, and we tried to get him to follow the rules, but he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't keep the rule. He just couldn't get it right, pastor. He just couldn't get into church, and he just couldn't get it right. And so you know me. <laughs> I couldn't really hold my tongue in that moment because my heart was so broken for him and how his life ended up. I leaned over and I said, next time, 
Next time, don't talk about rules. Next time, just talk about Jesus and His love. Legalism versus love. Rules versus a relationship. How do we understand this today? Better yet, how do we talk about this today? Because this can be the elephant in the room, especially for people of faith. But let me try to explain it to you in this way, and I think this is going to make sense to you. Like maybe when I explain it to you, a light bulb's going to turn on, and I think this will deeply, deeply inspire you. And this is what I want us to do. I actually want us to look at another Jesus story that both teams... Use against each other, the team of legalism and the team of love. But here's the difference. The team of love looks at this story and they say, you see, we're trying to do things this way. We're trying to do things the right way, the Jesus way. But then the team of legalism looks at this story and they say, no, we're doing things the right way. But not only do they say, no, we're doing things the right way, they also add Everyone else is doing it the wrong way and no one else is as holy as we are. And so because of that, there's been this long lasting confusion. But as we look at this story again today, I want us to point just one thing out that I think can really help us clear up this confusion. And so this is where the story is. John chapter 8 verses 1 through 11. Notice this. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to kill her or to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stoops down, and he's writing in the dust with his finger. They keep demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers, notice that word, heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, and then only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said, Woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She says, no, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I. And then the last thing, go and sin no more. Now, there's two different phrases that each camp focuses on. One camp says, he who is without sin, the people who have no sin, cast the first stone. The other camp says, yeah, but go and sin no more. By the way, a side note before we really get into that, the word accuser in this story is the same New Testament word that we find for Satan. So the next time you're tempted to accuse someone else, be careful. You're doing the devil's work. But let's go back to the issue of legalism versus love. In this story, notice a few basic things. The religious leaders somehow trap this lady and catch her in the act of adultery. And then they just bring her in front of Jesus, but not the man. The man's nowhere to be found. The Old Testament rules and laws was that she should be put to death and stoned. And so they asked Jesus, since Jesus is a religious teacher, he's supposed to do what's right. So Jesus, what do you think? Should we kill her? That's what the law says. That's what the rules say. We don't want to break the rules. Is Jesus going to follow the rules or break the rules? So then Jesus just kind of turns the rules upside down. And he says, like we all know, if you don't have any sin in your life, go ahead 
and throw the first stone, cast the first rock. They all know that they have sin in their life, and so they all start dropping their rocks and their stones in the dirt. No one accuses her. So then Jesus tells her, I'm not going to accuse you either. Go and sin no more. And this has basically been the elephant room for so many years for the two different camps and teams in the church, legalism versus love. The side of love says, stop judging each other. Jesus even said, if you don't have sin, cast the first stone. We all do. Stop judging each other because you're not perfect either. But then the side of legalism says, yes, but Jesus also said, go and sin no more. So we can't give people the impression that they can be forgiven and just break the rules just because God loves them. We have to change. We have to keep the rules. But this is the one thing I want to point out to you in this story. And this is the one thing that I think will encourage all of us. So let me explain it to you first with a question. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Notice this. What sin in this story did Jesus call out publicly? Because it was the religious people who were also pointing out sins publicly. Her sin. That's the sin that the religious leaders pointed out publicly. But that wasn't the issue that Jesus was calling out publicly. He started to call out legalism in this passage publicly. Jesus was calling out their religious hypocrisy of accusing and judging her for sinning differently than they do. That's what Jesus decided to call out publicly. While they were running around calling out her sin publicly, he was calling out their self-righteous publicly. So that leads me to try to explain with the next question. What did Jesus mean when he told this lady to go and sin no more? Because he did this in private. And we all know that we cannot live perfect. All of her accusers had left. And so this was a conversation just between her and Jesus. The religious were accusing her in public, but Jesus was helping her and setting her free in private. But when Jesus told her to go and sin no more, that didn't mean, hey, go and be perfect and sinless. No, this is actually what he meant. And notice this today. You're still with me. Sam's still with you. Now that you've been forgiven... Go and live a life of personal accountability. That's what he meant. And here's how we should understand that and remember this today with several points. The first one is this. Legalism will turn you into the type of religious person who will only see the wrong that other people are doing and you only see the right that you think that you're doing. The next is this. Legalism will turn you into the type of religious person that will start to think that the reasons you make mistakes are better and more justifiable than the reasons other people make mistakes. The next point is this. Legalism will turn you into the type of religious person who tries to hold everyone else accountable while you ignore your own personal accountability and the whole time you think you're doing God a favor and you're protecting the reputation of God because you think all these people are running around and they're trying to get away with something that's what we think legalism tries to intimidate you with fear and control you with guilt you live afraid to break the rules and then every time you break the rules you're overwhelmed with guilt like I'm sure this lady felt until she met Jesus rules can't change your heart 
but love and forgiveness will always lead you to personal accountability. This is actually what happens with a love relationship with Jesus Christ. Notice this today. Never judge or accuse others, but instead love, encourage, serve, and welcome others and be a living example of personal accountability. So when he told her to go and sin no more, this is what he meant. Now that you've experienced love and forgiveness, go and live a life of personal responsibility and personal accountability. The best way for you and I to teach others and inspire others is by being a living example, not barking at how unholy we think everyone else is. And deep down, many times, you really wish you could probably break those rules too, which is why you're so loud about other people breaking the rules. You see, That's another problem with legalism. Rules can't change your heart. And because rules can't change your life, when religious people are being controlled by their rules, one of the main issues behind their judgments and their accusations is they think other people are getting to break the rules that they wish they could break. They act like they have joy in not breaking these rules. But the reason why they get so fierce at calling out other people is because deep down they think they're getting away with something that they wish they could get away with. Whenever you meet someone who's being controlled by fear and guilt and that's the only reason they're keeping the rules, there's no change in that and that'll never last. But on the other hand, when you meet someone who's trying to live a life of personal accountability because of love and forgiveness, the reason why they're doing that is because they're thankful and they're grateful and gratefulness has changed their heart. Remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Religious legalism is a guilt, fear, burdened, joyless, rigid set of rules that was meant to intimidate you and control you. It will cause you to look down on other people for not following the same rules that you want to follow. Legalism tries to intimidate love. Legalism tries to intimidate compassion. Legalism tries to intimidate joy. Legalism tries to intimidate acceptance. Legalism tries to intimidate welcoming people. Legalism tries to intimidate second chances and third chances. Jesus was the exact opposite and he even said it Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 then Jesus said come to me everyone who's tired and you carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest take my yoke my teaching upon you let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke my teaching is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light do you know it's time for today It's time for us to drop our religious accusations in the dirt. But it's also time for this. This one last thing I want you to notice, and this is what it is. We have allowed legalism to intimidate love. It's time to reverse that. And it's time for us to allow love to intimidate legalism. It's time for love our love and God's love to be louder than their accusations. It's time for our love to be louder than their legalism. It's time for our love to be louder than their lack of grace, than their self-righteousness, than them tearing others down, than the critical rule keepers who think they're better than everyone else. It's time for our love to be louder than not welcoming people, not accepting people, not being patient with people. It's time for our love to be louder than words. And so today, let's all enjoy the sound of our religious rocks of accusations hitting the dirt as we love others and we teach others by being living examples, by living lives of personal accountability because we're thankful for being forgiven. 
Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. We cannot wait to see you back next week.